Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Let's talk winners and losers from Thursday Night Football. Next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Adam Azer, and we're talking about Thursday Night Football, and then we're going to talk a couple of notes from the injury report for Week 8. But first, Adam, you wanted to give us some, some thoughts on Gabe Davis. The floor is yours. Yeah, well, floor. I mean, this guy, he's got a very low floor, uh, but we did see some upside there. So good for Gabe Davis. He was started in 41% of leagues, and he scored almost 24 fantasy points. And I feel bad because I, I thought I thought we should sit him. And I could not sit him in any of my four leagues. I got lucky that Josh Palmer and Tyler Lockett didn't practice. And mm-hmm. I said, fine, I'll start Gabe Davis. And four, well, I have 11 leagues, but four with Gabe Davis. I started him in all of them, and I'm lucky. But I'll tell you what, Chris, we've ne- pretty much never, ever seen a game like this from Gabe mm-hmm. Davis. Second most targets of his career. Most catches by three. Three more <laughs> catches than he's ever had in a regular season game. But what really jumps out is the ADOT. His ADOT was 6.7 yards. That is the third lowest ADOT of Gabe Davis's career in any game with five or more targets. Uh, it, it was just unusual thing that Josh Allen's been struggling throwing the ball deep. He's got this shoulder injury that's obviously bothering mm-hmm. him. So they turned Gabe Davis into a short area guy who got 14, what do you get, 12 targets? 12. Game, nine catches. It was completely out of the norm. And quite frankly, I don't really think it means anything going mm-hmm. forward. This isn't sour grapes. I, I feel bad, and I was totally wrong. But unfortunately with Gabe Davis, what happens in one week does not mean anything for future weeks. So if you started him, you got lucky, I think. Um, I was wrong. I, I accept that, and I'm sorry. But I, I just want to say this was not the Gabe Davis we've seen before. If he becomes this guy, I love it. I, I, I will say well, you said you got lucky. I, I kind of – I think when he does well, you get lucky, and when he does poorly, you get unlucky. Like there's there's no rhyme or reason to the ups and downs of Gabe Davis. And, I, and I've said this really since like midway through last season. He's a nice player to have on your team. I think he's someone that more often than not, you should probably just leave in your lineup because he's got big upside. However, you have to understand whether you have the uh, the emotional capacity <laughs> to handle the Gabe Davis experience because he is never going to be consistent. Like you said, unless they just start using him like this yeah. where it's all quick stuff and I, I don't think that's a, a smart way to use him. I don't think it's maximizing his skill set. But what he is is... is in a long lineage of Tyler Lockett and Deshaun Jackson and 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 Vincent Jackson and and going, you can go all the way back through NFL history. There have always been guys <laughs> like this who, at the end of the year, have nine hundred, a thousand yards, maybe eight touchdowns, 
and the way they got there drove you crazy for fantasy. And you either have to be willing to ride the ride or get off of it. But trying to figure out, oh, this is a bad Gabe Davis week, but next week we're going to like, I don't think that's how the Gabe Davis experience works. You just, you just ride the wild ride. (laughs) All right, let's, uh, let's talk some winners and losers from this game. Yeah. And uh, who's your, who's your winner? That's Rashad White. This is two straight games with six or seven catches for 65 mm-hmm. to 70 yards. I think it's pretty clear he's not going to be a great rusher of the yep. football, but he's going to dominate the snaps. And look, I, I cannot say that two straight games is, is you know, indicative of what's going to happen in the future, but I think it gives you a little more confidence to start Rashad White going forward at Houston next week. Um, and uh, I will say the Bills were a good matchup in the terms of, in terms of they are giving up a lot of production in the passing game to running mm-hmm. backs, but it's good that he's more involved. And uh, my loser's James Cook because it's like the exact opposite. He is running the ball really well, mm-hmm. but he's very inconsistent now with his role in the passing game. I can't really predict the weeks where he's going to get the targets and the weeks where he won't. And then, of course, I actually do wonder if maybe this was good, the fact that Latavius Murray looked so bad today, but they've got to stop taking James Cook off the field inside the five-yard line, right? I mean, it's enough. Maybe this will be enough to change that. But right now, I have to assume he's not the goal line guy and doesn't have a passing, doesn't have a consistent passing role, receiving it's, role. It, it's kind of looking like he's just a more explosive version of Devin Singletary. But the role is still as frustrating as it was before, which what we were hoping for was that having a more explosive running back was going to change how they use their running backs. That hasn't necessarily been the case. So that's frustrating. All right, let's move on to some more week eight storylines. And then the two I want to talk about is Kenneth Walker has not practiced this week with a calf injury. If he doesn't play, is Zach Charbonnet, is he a top 15 running back this week? You know, I hate this week for running backs because you have these three running backs, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, and Josh Jacobs, that you're hesitant to start even in a good week, and they all have bad matchups. So they're like around 16 or so in the rankings for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And I think Charbonnet kind of fits in there, but he also has a bad matchup. But you know how much, if there's just one guy, I mean, they're going to use him so much, I think he could get 20 touches. Uh, he's 57% rostered. That is a huge mistake. Go out and get Zach Charbonnet right now. Uh, he would be right in that mix. I, I think I'd probably start him ahead of all of them, if maybe two or maybe two out of the three, but maybe all of them. All right, let's talk about the Browns running backs. Jerome Ford has not practiced this week. Doesn't look like he's going to play. Kareem Hunt did work his way back to a limited practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a thigh injury. Where are you ranking him? And what about Pierre Strong? Strong, I think I'm going to just say is is a desperation play. Mm-hmm. Probably not even a top 35 guy. Um, I'd start Jalen Warren over him, for example. Kareem Hunt's interesting. I, I, you know what, man? I think he'd be a top 20 running back, around 20th, something like that. Uh, I think he'd be just behind the Mixon-Henry-Jacobs group. Mm-hmm. But again, this team, they give the ball to their running backs so much, and they'll throw it to their running backs a little bit too. Seattle has a great run defense. So you do have to keep that in mind, but I think Hunt's an okay start. If, if I think he's got, he's going to play, and Ford is not. It seems like so. I think he's an okay start. How about you? Uh, I think he's more in the like RB thirty range for me. I, I I like him, and in a different week when there were teams on buys and and more injuries, I, I might steer clear. But like, I think it'd be really a difficult choice between him and like. Damian Pierce and Ramondre Stevenson and Najee Harris, who are all in that like 30 range for me, where I think they'll all probably get 12 to 15 carries, 
maybe a couple of targets, but I don't necessarily love any of them. That's where I am with Kareem Hunt. But I think he is startable. But for instance, I'd rather start Deontay Foreman than him. Nervous about Foreman with Rashawn Johnson back, which I don't think will be a huge deal, but Foreman is always a guy that pretty much touched down or bust. Mm-hmm. Had the best game of his career yes, uh, last week, so he scored 7.7 points the week before. That's always a possibility oh, yeah. with Deontay Foreman. I just I feel like it's a, a distinct possibility with Kareem Hunt at yeah. this point in his career as well. All right, that's going to do it for FFT and 5. We'll see you tomorrow. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.